0: Open your Bibles right now to Colossians chapter 3, and today, if you've been in Easter Sunday services before, today's message is not uh, necessarily a traditional Easter message, but it is certainly a resurrection message, and it's called the powerful name of Jesus. So I'll tell you a story. A couple weeks ago, I was on the phone. Uh, I have a pastor friend. He pastors a really great church in another state. And that day he called me, he was just so upset. And this is a guy who is one of the most pure-hearted, godly, Jesus-loving pastors that I know. I mean, he is just no guile, no ambition. He pastors a really large church in a town and he was just getting pounded falsely on social media people were just saying things about him that were awful and his he, he was heartbroken over he said pastor brady i don't know what to do i'm living my life with integrity i love my family i'm going home at night I'm, I'm following jesus the best i can yet i'm under this tremendous attack and i listened to him and i was listening to his story and then at the end i heard myself say something i said i rebuke that in jesus name that is not who you are you are a godly man i know this man very very well i'm an overseer for his church i said i know you i know the way you live your life i know the way you treat your wife i know how you father your children i know how seriously you take the scriptures when you preach what they're saying about you is not true and i rebuke that in jesus name now i that came out of me naturally and normally and i was wondering why that came out of me so naturally and so normally and I realized that for most of my life I have been praying in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ I have discovered 35 years ago that when I pray in Jesus name it gives me the weight and authority of the resurrected Christ so where does that come from let me show you one scripture Colossians 3 verse 15. And this is what I prayed over my brother that day, and I pray this over you as well. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it take up dominion, in other words. Let it be have the final say over everything that's happening in your life. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. That's pretty good, isn't it? I, I'm actually very grateful for that and be thankful, which is what I just said. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm teaching, admonishing. He says, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. That's what we did. we just lifted up our voice. We did this very thing. And sing to God with gratitude. It's what I love about New Life Church. If you're new around here, we are a church with our long history, good, bad, ugly, and the fact that we're all in this room today worshiping Christ, we are very grateful because it could have gone sideways a hundred times. And the Lord has been faithful. Now, look at verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I just realized when I said the word all, how southern I sound. I just made that like a four-syllable word, All. I have worked all my life not to sound like I'm from Louisiana, yet when I say words like that, I realize I was born in the bayou in Louisiana. (laughs) Do it all (laughs) in the name of, I can't say it any other way, so I just got to own it, right? Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do it all in the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, here we are celebrating the resurrection of your son and the power of his name and I pray that you would meet with every one of us in the room and everyone watching online that you would powerfully be present with us and give us spiritual eyes to see spiritual things give us eyes to see and ears to hear would you give us a holy imagination in these moments together and would you fill our heart with the faith that we need to believe everything that you're saying to us and we pray this in the name of Jesus Amen? Amen. Names are powerful. I know some parents have gotten this horribly wrong. I was looking on, uh, online this week, and I actually have heard these names before, but I double-checked that all of these names are true. Names are powerful. When you give your child a name, it's powerful. The names we give our children forever mark their lives. Thank God that you can go change it. But this is, I want to give you some real names. These are real names given to real innocent children by really knuckle-headed parents. Okay, you ready? These are all true. I like this first one, Chris P. Bacon. (laughs) If your last name is Bacon, you need to be sensitive to what you name your child. Here's another one, Cash Register. It's a real name, a real person walking the planet right now. (laughs) I I like this one, this is Crystal Matheny. If she has a drug problem, I'm just praying right now that curse be broken off of her crystal meth. Eni. Now I like the next one, actually the next one's pretty cool. If I was named if, Jedi Knight. If your last name is Knight and you don't name your child Jedi, there's something wrong with you. Jedi Knight, I would love that one. This, this next lady was actually really famous in the state of Texas, I'm a hog. <laughs> It's a true story. She was the governor's daughter, and legend had it that she had a sister named Ura. (laughs) That's that's really terrible parents. And she lived to like 93 years old, never got married. I thought if she had any motivation to get married, she should have at least to change her name. I'm a hog. She's a very wealthy lady when she died, by the way. And I love this next one. If your last name is Dactyl, of course you're going to name your daughter Tara. (laughs) Tara Dactyl. God bless them. Names attach us, so to family. This is what happens when you name somebody. It attaches you to family, to communities, to nations. Think about, I can always tell, I love going to big cities and getting in a cab and looking at the cab driver's last name and trying to guess where they're from by their last name and their accent where are you from how did you get here I love hearing those stories because their name you can tell when someone's from Asia or maybe they're from Eastern Europe or maybe they're from South America by their last name well this is what happened to the followers of Jesus after the resurrection something happened in the lives of the disciples when they began to pray they, they the, bat, the disciples baptized in Jesus' name. It says in the book of Acts, they would take new believers and put them under the water and say, We baptize you now in the name of Jesus. I remember Peter, uh, Paul, was outside the gates. Peter, seeing the, the, the lame man, he says, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. Now get up and walk in Jesus' name. They, they prayed for the sick, they addressed evil spirits in Jesus' name. Something happened after the resurrection. The Bible says that after Jesus came out of the grave, that 500 people saw him, 500 witnesses to his resurrection. I think that personal private encounter with the resurrected Christ forever changed their personal identity and forever changed the way they prayed. I'm praying today that this message will forever change the way some of you pray. I believe some of you are walking around with an extraordinary amount of authority and power that you're not using. I think some of you have things happening in your home and in your marriage and in your business that if you were ever taught how to pray properly, that praying in the name of Jesus brings an authority and power into your space that no other name can bring. And I'm gonna explain this to you and show you how this works. I can tell you at my home, every day I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for Pam in Jesus' name. I pray over my children as they walk out of my house. I pray over, sometimes as they're driving out of the driveway and I know that they're driving on, the, on your freeways. And I want you to tell, you should say, thank you, Pastor Brady, for praying for them. Cause I say, Father, keep them between the ditches in Jesus' name. Don't let them swap paint with my neighbors in Jesus' name. We have terrible insurance, but I pray you'd protect them in Jesus' name. I pray over this church all the time. This morning before I walked in here, I said, in Jesus' name would you meet with every person. I pray that every person's heart would grow warm inside of them as they realize how near the good God has come to them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Now why? Because Jesus is alive. I'm going to show this to you in the Bible. Just stay with me. Because he's alive, his name is powerful to those who are following him. Now, where did this start? Let me show you how this started in the story of the Bible. It started actually in the Ten Commandments. In the ancient world, so think about Abraham and Moses, Isaac and Jacob. In the ancient world, a person's name was synonymous with their character And their reputation i remember growing up my dad would say son we we work hard we tell the truth we show up on time i said dad why because you're a boyd i am brady from the house of boyd and and my dad would say because you represent our name these are your these are the character qualifications to carry that name well and i just remember that being built into me I'm a boy, and I would watch my dad do it. I would watch my dad. He was the world's first honest used car salesman. He's super honest. I saw my dad walk away from car deals because the car deal wasn't good for the customer. And he did it for 20 years as a used car salesman. And I said he does that because he's a Boyd. So look at the third commandment. When, when, when God gives us the Ten Commandments, here's the third one. Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Now leave that up for a moment. In other words, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, a believer in Jesus, you have taken His name, His reputation, His character, His identity upon yourself. I don't know if you realized the transaction that happened when you said yes to Jesus, but a powerful transaction happened. You took on the identity of Christ. Therefore, if you say, I am a Christ follower, and you're spewing out gossip and hate on social media, you're violating the third commandment. You're misusing a name that's been given to you in a way that does not reflect the nature of God. Are you catching this today? This is how sacred it is, how powerful it is. In fact, I'll tell you, I've never said this before, and I don't know why I'm saying it now, but I'm gonna say it. Oftentimes when I hear of something terrible, like I I read a headline, somebody in town did something terrible, the first thing, I, I say two things, oh God, Please don't identify themselves as Christians. And dear God, I hope they're not new lifers. (laughs) Why, it's important to me that when we take on that name, that we go out of this place as his ambassadors, as his representatives, because God's given us something powerful to steward, something powerful to treasure. Are you realizing the power that you hold the authority that you hold in your hands when you are following the person of Jesus. In other words, the people of God should not carry the name, which is the character and reputation of the Lord, in a manner that falsely represents him. Do you know who you're representing? Every time I get on social media, which is less now than ever before, and thank the Lord for that, I say to myself, I represent Jesus. Jesus is the one that saved me. Jesus is the one that found me. Therefore, what I'm about to say, does it reflect the character and the nature of the Jesus that came out of the tomb? So when I was a little boy, I'm going to show you this story. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. When I read this story, I remember I was about five years old. When I heard this story for the first time, and I laughed out loud, I thought, if that story is true, i got to read the rest of the Bible. And by the way, the Bible is full of these great stories. But in Acts 19... Seven men are going from town to town creating a bit of a spiritual circus, taking and trying to raise money. What they were doing is they were finding people who were troubled by evil spirits, and they were trying to cast out these evil spirits, and they were trying to create a a chaos and confusion, a circus atmosphere. And then one day, they bothered the wrong person. (laughs) And this is a true story that I'm about to read to you, but look at this. It says some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord over those who were demon-possessed. Now, the problem is these men did not know Jesus, but the evil spirit did. And they would say things like, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. So here they are in a house, seven guys, surrounding this guy who's obviously troubled, saying to him, in Jesus' name, come out of him. And they were the seven sons of Sceva, which I just think is the best name ever for what's about to happen to them. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest. They were doing these. They were, they, 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 and I call this shenanigans. One day, the evil spirit talked back to them and listened to what the evil spirit said back to them. Jesus, I know. Now stop for a moment. That word, I know, It's like me saying to you, I know Daniel Grothy. I've worked with him 14 and a half years. I see him almost every day. I know his family, his children. I know his story. I've traveled around the world with him. I know him. We are friends. We are close. We are in constant friendship communication. That's the language this demon is using. He says, listen, I know Jesus. And this word means I know the living Jesus right now. Now, I know you're not, many of you are not Bible scholars, but was this before or after the resurrection? After the resurrection, Christ is alive, and this demon knows it. This demon knows what happened in the tomb. He knows that he does not have final authority, but Jesus does. And he says, I know Jesus, and I know about Paul. He'd heard about Paul. Then I love this question, but who are you? And then I love what happened next. Then the man who had the evil spirit, so one guy versus seven. Okay, seven guys who were falsely claiming to know Jesus versus one guy filled with an evil spirit. The evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. I want to ask God in heaven, why were they naked? What happened in that house? (laughs) Something happened. I don't, I'm not here to put false fear in your heart, but I'm just saying, if you know Jesus, use his name responsibly. If you don't know Jesus, I'm about to introduce you to him. Because knowing the name of Jesus, following him and knowing his name, to act in Jesus' name, listen very carefully, this is so simple and yet can change the way you pray and live your life. To act in Jesus' name is to act in accordance with his reign and his authority. So maybe many of you walked in here today, maybe you have gone through a season where your name has been slandered. Maybe you feel today forgotten and lost, and sometimes it's easy to sit in a big room with a lot of people and feel overlooked and lost and forgotten. Maybe you feel that no one knows you or sees you. I have good news today. And I want to tell you a story that forever changed the way I thought about the name of Jesus. When in 1998, as many of you know, we adopted both of our children. And in October of 1998, this mom who was attending our Sunday school class gave birth to Abram. And she said, we want you and Pam to raise our child. And so when it was time to take Abram home from the hospital in a little small chapel there in Amarillo, Texas, one of our pastor friends took Abram from the mom and handed it to her dad, her father. And her father took Abram and blessed Abram, put his hand on Abram and blessed Abram. And then her father walked across the room and handed Abram to Pam's father. And Pam's father laid his hands on Abram and blessed him. And then Pam's father turned and handed Abram to to me and Pam and we're a blubbering mess by this time. And we held Abram and we laid our hands on him and blessed him. And that afternoon we took him home, but he was not yet mine because it took us several months later for us to get a notice in the mail that we were to appear in family court in Amarillo, Texas for the final judicial pronouncement over Abram. So we got dressed up one morning, all in our best kind of clothes. We walked into the courtroom, now it was late in the day. And what I found out later was this was primarily divorce court. So this old judge, he was about 112 years old. He was on Noah's Ark. He had splinters from Noah's Ark. And this is, this is West Texas, so bear with me. His face looked like a used catcher's mitt. I mean, it was rough, tough guy with a gravelly voice. And he had been dealing with court cases, divorce and child uh, custody cases all day long. And it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. We were the last people on the docket. He was mad. He needed a bourbon or something. I bought it. He was aggravated. And he looks down and there's our court docket, there's the, our court. Pam and I are a little young couple sitting in the back of the courtroom. Abrams there in between us in his little stroller thing, the very expensive thing you pick up. And, and he, he looks at us and he goes, this is a true story, I'm not making this up. Who here wants to adopt this kid? And I thought, I don't know if I'm supposed to admit to this or not. It, it doesn't sound like he's celebrating with me. And so I wanted to sound very manly, and I, re- I, re- I sounded like a fourth grade girl when I went, we do. I forget how squirrely my voice sounded when I re- we do. And he looked at me and Pam, he goes, you sure? Just like that, you sure? Pam and I go, yes, yes, we want him. He belongs to us. And he paused and looked at me and Pam and he goes, congratulations, (laughs) bang, and got up and walked out. (laughs) That's a true story. But something happened right at that moment. When he slammed the gavel down, Abram was not, see, Abram had already been in my house. I knew Abram. I had changed his diaper a thousand times in those three months. I had fed him. Clothed him. I had given him his first and middle name. But he was not a boyd until the judge said, he's a boyd. See, here we are on Resurrection Sunday. Let me tell you what the empty grave was. An empty grave and a resurrected Christ was a judicial announcement that Jesus paid for it all, has chosen to adopt you now, And is inviting you to come into his family. And he wants to give you his name, and now it's official. He has the authority to adopt whoever he wants. And to give his name to whoever believes in him. That's why when we pray this prayer, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What we're saying is, whoever calls on the name of the Lord gets his name. Belongs to his family. Is adopted into his home. So if you want the power from the name of Jesus, you have to know him personally. And listen, everybody in this room, we all have the same human condition swirling inside of us. We all want to belong. That's built into us. That's why the last three years have been so hard on mental health issues and on families and on children, because we have this inside of us that we want to belong. We want to connect with other people. We want to be in the presence of other people. Even introverts need it. Once or twice a month, you need it. Listen, your cat cannot feel the deepest longings of your heart. They will try, and then they will kill you. (laughs) I have two at my house, and I think they're planning my assassination every time I wake up. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus not just, doesn't just forgive you. You know he's already made up his mind to forgive you. He's already, you're already forgiven. But he also accepts you, calls you, adopts you, and he gives you his name. So I'm going to read a scripture, and this, this passage of scripture is particularly powerful in Philippians 2 because it speaks of something that happens in the past, and it speaks of a guarantee of the future. I mean, it's really a unique passage of Scripture because it carries weight in both realms. Philippians 2, verse 9, Therefore God exalted him. This is about Jesus after the resurrection. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So if someone asks me, so why do you pray in Jesus' name? Because there's not a name above that. It has the highest of all authority it it is it's the highest name that i can call on for help there is no name above his name therefore when you're in a pinch when you're in a bind when you need all the power present in your life i say in jesus name because i'm calling on the highest power there is in heaven listen to this and at the name of jesus now now he's talking about something that's going to happen in the future In the future, at the end of all things, he says, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. In other words, those who have lived and those who are dead. Every knee and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of us, listen, all of us are going to have a moment in our human history. Every one of you in the room, including myself, we're all going to come face to face with god you know what the tragedy of that moment will be for unbelievers the tragedy of that moment was not that they bumped into an angry god and confirmed all their suspicions about an angry vengeful god or god that didn't care about them the tragedy of that moment is everyone's going to come face to face with this god and realize how good he is for 35 years i have followed god every second of every day every moment of those 35 years god has been good to me i I know the goodness of the lord why do i do what i do why do i get up here and proclaim this good news it's called good news because it comes from a good god who all he wants in fact the whole story of the bible is god wanting to get his family back The whole story sin took his family away from him and the rest of the story is god trying to get us back so he sends his son jesus to adopt us back that's the good news the bottom line is we want god's future for our lives we need his name if you want god's future you're going to need his name the reason i wanted to give abram my last name because I want him to have my future, the future God blessed my home with, is gonna be transferred to him. And he's gonna get half of everything I own because of his last name. You get all of God when you take on his name. Would you stand this morning, stand with me. I wanna pray for you, with you. If you're here today and you, uh, like me, have found that God to be good, and you've put your faith and your hope, your trust in him a long time ago like I did, Would you just turn your hands toward heaven on this Resurrection Sunday and can you say thank you for the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Father, you have been faithful to us and good to us all the days of our life. And on Resurrection Sunday, we say thank you again And I'm believing there's some of you that want to call on the name of the Lord today. And I want to pray a very simple prayer. And it's very simple for a reason because the complicated hard work's already been done by Christ. So that all we have to do is believe, confess and believe. So I'm going to pray a very simple prayer today. And if you're here today and you're ready to say yes to this good Lord, this God that is good. Would you pray this with me out loud? In fact, all of you pray it out loud. It's a great prayer to pray. Father in heaven, You are good. I have tried to save myself and I cannot. So today I put my hope and my faith, my trust in Jesus. I choose today to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Send the Holy Spirit to me that I can follow him and I pray this today in the name of Jesus amen can we thank the Lord for people praying their prayers trusting I left I left a couple of minutes because I want to hear a story from pastor Daniel in just a moment I want you to sing this song this is one of my favorite resurrection songs And I want you to pray this over yourself. Maybe it's been a long time since you prayed in Jesus' name. But I want you to think of two or three things during this song that you need to pray in Jesus' name over. Your family, your children, your friends, your work, whatever it is. As we sing this song, could you hear yourself praying in Jesus' name? And in just a few minutes, we'll come to the table of the Lord.
1: hidden you so saw-
2: If you have your communion elements, would you take them and get ready to receive? A couple years ago, my dad walked into a business here in town and he went up to the front counter to check in for his appointment. And sometimes you have to give your phone number. The lady said, can I have your phone number please? And he started out with the area code. He said, 918. She goes, you're a Tulsa boy. He goes, 52 years, Tulsa. And she said, I used to live in Tulsa. And he said, no way. What's your family name? And she stopped. She put her head down. You can tell she's calculating it. Should I take the risk? Is it safe? Do I wanna go there? And she lifted her head and she said her family name and immediately shame filled the room. In the last 50 years in American history, her dad, was wrapped up in one of the greatest scandals of the last 50 years and she said the name and you could feel the sting of shame. And she put her head down. My dad said, I know what you think about when you say your last name, but let me tell you what I think about when you say your last name. He said, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I was seven years old and I was at a church one night and it was a baptism service and I wasn't a believer and I didn't go to church, but I went and I wondered why all these people were swimming in church. And he said, and then this man stood up on the stage and started preaching Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is the name above all names and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said, the man that preached that sermon that night was your grandfather. And I said yes to Jesus that night as a seven year old boy because your grandfather told me that Jesus is the great I am and he's the truth and he's the way and he's the life. And he said, when you think about your name, you put your head down. But I want you to know when I think about your name, I think about a man who led me to Jesus. And I praise God for your family every day of my life. Can you say amen today, church? As we come to this moment at the table of the Lord, the enemy comes to remind us of the very worst stories of our lives. And he comes to tell us we're stupid. He comes to tell us we're unqualified. He comes to to put our head down. You idiot, you fool, you've you've wasted your life. The enemy comes to shame us at this moment, but Jesus Christ at the table of the Lord says, you you wanna know what I think about your name? I think broken body and I think shed blood. I think you are worth coming from heaven down to the earth. I'll lay down my life for you to snatch you up into my Father's name and into my Father's inheritance. Jesus at the table has come to re-identify us, to give us dignity, to give us honor, to give us glory, to give us power, to give us authority. Friends, today in the name of Jesus, we are being healed. So Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Would you break that wafer in your hand? He broke the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember how valuable I think you are. (laughs) Today as you receive the bread, know that Jesus is for you. Jesus is here to rename you and to strengthen you. You may receive the bread today, church. On the same night, he took the cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood, and it's given for the remission of all of your sins. Today, Jesus is here to cleanse us, to forgive us, to make us new, and to give us joy with this cup. You may receive the forgiveness that Jesus has. And now let's sing to the Lord. Come on, church.
1: Let's go for it.
2: Church, would you you put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? Or maybe you're with family, hold hands. Whatever you're comfortable with, don't be awkward. (laughs) But be brothers and sisters in Christ. For those of you today who are carrying weakness, fear, pain, I pray that the strength of God would uphold you. I pray that the power of the Spirit would fill you and renew you today. I pray that God would give you strength to carry the cross that he's given you to carry today and that you would not do it alone. Lord, I pray that you would rebuke all loneliness today, that you'd fill us with that familial hope, that family strength. Lord, I pray the blessing of God over my friends today. I pray that you would bless them and keep them, that you'd make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, would you lift your countenance upon them today and grant them peace? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. Can we give God thanks for what He's done here today? Beautiful Easter Sunday. Real quick, two things, two things before you race out, before you go get the ham cut up and all that stuff. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If any of you have extended prayer needs, we would love to agree with you. And this Thursday night, our new Alpha course opens up. It's an eight-week stretch. If you've got questions about faith or know others that do, this is a great roundtable conversation. Share meals together, pray, talk. So if you want to get signed up for Alpha, you can go by the table. Now go from here today in God's grace and peace. So much love.